The views and opinions expressed in the following podcast do not necessarily reflect those of the producers, the affiliates, or digital platforms hosting this podcast. All content is for the purposes of education, conjecture, and at times entertainment. We promote inclusiveness and diversity. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Into the Deep with Jay Caster. Welcome to Into the Deep. I'm Jay Costa. Religious or spiritual inclinations and practices date back to prehistoric times. Today, there are well over 4,000 recognized religions in the world. These religions consist of churches, congregations, faith groups, tribes, cultures, and movements. Today, there are 2.3 billion adherents to Christianity with about 40% of those congregations using what is known as the King James Version of the Bible. And many have wondered why it is the Bible is so hard to understand. Some speculate, what if God wrote the Bible in such a way as to hide some sort of deep secret message hidden away from evil forces? And today's guest is here to talk just about that. He's been a scriptural scholar studying biblical history and mysteries for over 40 years and provides resources to help people unlock the mysteries of the Bible. Today's guest is Scott Mitchell. Scott is the host of the Bible Mysteries podcast with his co-host, John Potts, where they guide their listeners through ancient mysteries that reveal much about what's going on in the world today. We talk about so much in this episode, everything from the Book of Enoch, which contains unique material on the origins of demons and Nephilim and why some angels fell from heaven. We talk about extraterrestrials and indulge in some conjecture around the possibilities of what could be coming. So join me as we seek light and journey into the deep with Scott Mitchell. Enjoy. Scott, thank you so much for joining me today. I cannot thank you enough for your time. Uh, listen, my my privilege. Believe me, it's it's a it's a pleasure to share the word of God. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know who you are, but if you wouldn't mind sharing who you are and what it is you do, my friend. Absolutely. Well, um, I am the uh, the host and co-host of Bible Mysteries podcast. John Potts is my co-host, and we started in 2020. Um, it is a podcast that tells talks about the things in the Bible the world doesn't want you to know. So it's sort of our way to reach people with, uh, I guess you would say, the more controversial type of subjects like UFOs and whatnot, uh, and reach reach an audience that maybe is concerned about what's going on in the world today. Things just seem to be crazier and crazier. They're not making sense, JC. And they, uh, the answers are in the Word of God. So we're trying to show people that there are mysteries in the Bible that even Paul said we're to be stewards of the mysteries of God. And we're trying to do that to reach a broader audience. And so our our website is BibleMysteriesPodcast.com. And we are our umbrella organization is our ministry, uh, 501c3 nonprofit. It's called Unlock the Bible Now. And we also have another website called utbnow.com, which is a little bit more my pastoral evangelical type ministry. We have a free app you can download called Unlock the Bible Now. And so I do Sunday morning messages that are more uh, pastoral, but uh, the uh, the really topics that people want to talk about and ask questions about, like, you know, sleep paralysis and alien abductions, that we discuss and we try to relate everything to the Bible. Right on. Now, how, you know, what got you on this trajectory? I mean, you know, to just to get to where you're at now. Yeah, it's a it's kind of an interesting thing because um, uh, you I'm, I'm going to say it this way. So I'm careful but uh, because we know about working in technology. We work for a technology company. And in this company, um, <clears throat> excuse me, I do a tech support role. And once I assisted a customer with an issue they had with their computer and uh, it so happens that you and I were talking earlier, we're both musicians, right? So um, uh, this customer was a musician too. And due to the nature of the issue they had in their uh, device, we had a few moments where we had to wait for some processes to complete. And we chit-chatted. 
Come to find out he lived in the Northwest. He played guitar. I played guitar. So, of course, we started talking guitar, right? And uh, we we got in a close enough conversation to where when when we solved the problem, he was like, listen, you've been so helpful to me. Thank you. I, I want you to know that um, a, a man locally here made a guitar for me. I want your permission to let me send you a picture of it. I think you'd appreciate it. I'd love to. I gave him my personal email. So we ended the conversation. And uh, when I got the picture of the guitar in the email, he did a little PS and he said, by the way, uh, I don't know if I told you, but I was the guy that was the producer that started Coast to Coast with Art Bell. <laughs> and I was like, what? Because <laughs> years ago, I used to listen to that show and I traveled a lot, right? So I, I kept that email. And then uh, once I had it on my heart to start this podcast, I reached out to that individual and I said, I know your background is radio, but would you be at all interested in consulting with me? Because I have this idea of a podcast I want to start. And he wrote me back. Oh, I remember you. Yes, you helped me a year ago, blah, blah, blah. I'd love to help you. So when I called him uh, I, and I told him what I wanted to do in a podcast about Bible mysteries, you could just sort of hear him go, oh, uh, like I thought it was going to be about guitar, <laughs> podcast about guitars. <laughs> And I said, well, no, uh, actually, and I gave him the premise of my first episode, and which was called The World That Was. And when he heard it, he said, okay, I got to stop you. I, I want my wife to hear this. And he, and he had me repeat it again for her. And she was like, oh, you've got to get him on the show. And so um, what he did was he said, get some episodes ready, because once we have you on Coast to Coast, your subscribers are going to increase phenomenally. <clears throat> And, and that was what I had been praying for, because uh, for 15 years as the pastor of a local assembly and a small Bible church, we had this very, I, I, I want to, I don't want to say it in a negative way, but we had a very comfortable mm -hmm. uh, assembly. And we had people that loved each other and we supported one another and we studied the word of God. And, and it was just such a joy to be around them. But I was really realizing that we're getting close to the last days. Everything, it, I guess my eyes were open during the pandemic, right? And I knew that we needed to reach more people than a small group of older aging brethren was going to be able to accomplish in a small town. So it was on my heart to start the podcast. When I uh, was ready, I felt like the Lord wanted me to do it. We found a platform. I did reach out to this individual I referred to and uh, from coast to coast, and he got me on the show. And that kind of got the ball rolling for us. Um, since then, uh, we've grown to about 154,000 unique listeners, which uh, I don't really know what that means, except that it's a lot more than when we started. <laughs> you know, and, and the prayer is that we can continue. And as we've expanded into YouTube and Twitter and Facebook, uh, the idea is we want to reach as many people as we can help them find answers and get them interested in looking into the word of God. Because if we, if there's something about giants, if there's something about, you know, uh, UFOs uh, or whatever, and we can get their eyes looking in for answers in the scriptures, then we're going to see always that it will point to the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's, that's kind of the whole point behind the Bible mysteries. Right on. I love that. What a, <laughs> what a mission, you know, like that's yeah. just, you know, and it, it's, it's interesting because there's so many things, you know, obviously with, you know, the success of television programs like ancient aliens, right? right. It's, it's really introduced a lot of folks into this alternative view of yeah. what the Bible has been discussing and talking and carried on for, for quite some time now. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, that's almost the, uh, in a sense, I think we and many other shows, and there's a lot of shows that do this, like Blurry Creatures, you're probably familiar with, uh, and just went to BlurryCon a couple months ago. That was fantastic. But there's many shows out there <clears throat> that have a similar approach to us. And that is, while shows like Ancient Aliens are out there promoting the idea that, in fact, angels in the Bible were really extraterrestrial visitors from other planets that may have seeded uh, uh, us as human beings on the on the earth, that to me is going to become the dominant paradigm. It's going to replace evolution. It's going to replace whatever ism is that is out there uh, ultimately. And I think it's part of the coming deception. We're trying to say no. It's the opposite. Uh, that the aliens are in fact fallen angels, and they're going to come back in that guise uh, with this offer of um, 
essentially eternal life. They're going to say, humanity, you're ready. You've matured. You're you're ready for your next phase of evolution. Take this pill or this mark or this injection or whatever to become transformed to be as gods. And it's the exact same thing the serpent offered Eve in the garden. And we think that's what's coming. And so we're trying to disseminate uh, uh, the uh, the idea or or counter counter the idea that it's actually uh, angels were aliens, and we're saying no, aliens are angels. They're bad angels, and you don't want to believe their lies. <laughs> so that's that's the interesting, you know, that's the you know that's the flip the script, right? That's the right. hey, you know, you're hearing about this. People are now, you know, I guess over time now, over the past at least what 12, 15 years, give or give or take, right? Yeah. There's this. A whole new paradigm or understanding that's come into consciousness for people to really understand or accept even, right? To right. accept this whole idea that, okay, there are these other beings that came here and did this, right? And so what you're saying, correct me if I'm wrong, just for clarification, right? You're saying sure. these beings were in fact fallen angels, Absolutely. In fact, they've been here all along. And and while they're extraterrestrial in, in that sense of the word, because the, you know, Terra is Earth, and they're not from this Earth, sure. in reality, I contend that they originally were. Uh, my belief, and the way I try to present it, is that when when you see the Bible open with the words, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, that was creation. That verse is self-contained. And there's no details as to how it was done, when it was done. But then the next verse says, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep, the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And most of Christianity and orthodoxy, probably, I should say, would have taught this as, okay, in the beginning, God created the earth, and here is how he did it. And they go into the rest of the chapter. We contend, no, creation started and then something happened to it, and the restoration of the planet and dominion given to man, he creates Adam and Eve, and therefore they are given dominion of the earth to replace the civilization that was here before us. And this is what churches won't teach. This is what Christianity has never... Well, in the first century, they knew it, but they got away from it, mm -hmm. right? And even the uh, the Hebrew, uh, the ancient Hebrews knew this too. So my my contention is, the earth was originally occupied by angels or angelic beings of types that we would probably see throughout scripture in one form or another. And the king or leader of them was an angel or cherub named Lucifer. And he was originally a bright, wonderful, beautiful being that uh, was probably uh, the, the next under command to the Lord Jesus Christ himself, you know, higher than Michael the archangel. And he appeared to have been uh, the one that was over and led the worship of God. There were sanctuaries, there were civilizations, there was angels on the earth. And then he convinced a third of them to join him in a rebellion because he staged a coup to take over. He wanted the throne of God. He was not content with his position. And uh, in that coup, he failed. And there was a devastation of, I believe, our solar system. You know, I, I believe that Mars is shows the, the, the evidence of ruin and destruction of, of structures. And the moon itself uh, and, and Earth, too. So Earth was flooded, and then, therefore, God brought out of that the, the restored planet that we see now. So, yeah, uh, they, are, they are from Earth in a sense because they once dwelled and occupied the planet. But they were removed from that position, and now they are where they come from, I'm not sure. Obviously, the spiritual realm, but they could be subterranean for all we know. And there's a lot of evidence to speak to, you know, underground bases and things like that. So maybe there's some truth to that too. So fascinating. Mm -hmm. so do you do you think, if I'm trying to understand correctly here, are you thinking, or is it your belief, or maybe your, you know, your theory that possibly there was some time spent on Mars before coming back to the Earth, or it yeah. originated on Mars and then? There was, you know, maybe an exodus here to Earth. Yeah, interesting. I want to definitely refer to a man that's far more expert in this area, and, and that's uh, Timothy Alberino, who wrote a book called Birthright. And uh, I want to give him 
proper credit because uh, this idea comes from him. Although what I it was funny because I never considered Mars uh, at all, other than I knew it was a planet. Uh, but um, I on Instagram, I would uh, you know I we had to share our our show Bible Mysteries on Instagram, trying to promote it. And from time to time, I would see feeds of this. And let me uh, say it right. I think it's Som S O M dot E T. Anybody wants to look it up? I I don't know if they're French, but whatever they are, they seem to be taking the pictures from the NASA.gov website of the Mars Curiosity rover and the Perseverance rover. And there's literally thousands of photos from these rovers of the surface of Mars. And they take the ones that are more notable, I guess, or at least to me, they're more uh, astounding. And they they add a little effect to it, a little Ken Burns fade, you know, <laughs> type thing, and maybe some music. But the, oftentimes what they're showing to me look clearly like the ancient remains of bombed out structures, you know, and and things that just cannot be explained with, you know, or I'm not buying the explanation of the scientists from NASA. So um, when I started seeing those, I went, didn't Tim mention something about that in that book, Birthright? You know, because that's not the focus of his book. You know, uh, the focus of his book is fascinating and I highly recommend it. But I do recall him saying something about Mars. And sure enough, he does refer to uh, a possibility that there was a planet, uh, in, and he gives the scripture for this, that might have been called Rahab. It looks like Rahab in, in English. And he contends there's a possibility that that was the planet that once existed between Mars and Jupiter, which we now call the asteroid belt. Yeah. And so the idea is that, to me, if I put it together in the way my mind is trying to process all this from the scriptures and from what we think is evidence, I would think that when the king of Tyrus, Lucifer, uh, in Ezekiel uh, 28, mounted his insurrection, he started from here and he went towards heaven. He went towards the throne of God. So he probably, you know, as you might think of a military campaign, gaining ground as they invade and occupy, he got as far as to maybe Rahab. And God said, that's far enough, buddy. Bam. And that was it. I mean, he destroyed the planet. It laid waste and devastation to the rest of them going in. I don't know if it had an effect on the, the gas giants like Jupiter and Saturn, but who knows? Uh, but bottom line was, uh, the next thing you know, the Earth is without form and void. So putting that all together, he even ties in Mars, the red planet, that Timothy does, with Edom in the Bible, which was red, uh, the, the brother, the twin of Jacob, red and hairy, Edom, Adam. Actually, the word Adam is the same word almost, uh, and it means red man. But Edom was red and hairy, and so he's sort of likened to that maybe... Uh, the the arch enemy of Israel, Edom, is a type of the dragon, the arch enemy of the Son of God, and the parallels go throughout Scripture. So maybe there's something to that. It's a fascinating uh, study, and I hope to have Tim back on the show to actually delve into that because we didn't do that the first time I had him on. Uh, we focused more on the birthright concept in his book, but I did see him at BlurryCon and reminded him, "Hey, we need to talk about this," and he went. He just lit up. You know, nobody ever wants to talk about that. You're the first one that ever asked. I said, well, come on back. Let's do it. So I'm looking forward to that, you know. Right on. That's awesome. You know, it's it's fascinating because I, I often think about why, you know, Mars was given the name Mars, you know, after the, you know, you know, that God of war, God you know, of war, yeah. like Aries. what happened there and, and, and to yeah. see so many times, you know, you brought up even just like some of the, you know, the photographic evidence of the surface yeah. and how often we're seeing these 90 degree angles that mm -hmm. do not happen in nature. And, and there's a doorway. Have you seen that one? Yes. What oh looks my like gosh. A little, almost a, like a bunker doorway. Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, the things that we're, you know, obviously not made privy of and, you know, we're not told about, but it, you know, it, for those that really want to, you know, to seek and, and understand and, and like try and figure this out. Like that was one of the first things I remember, even as a, as a kid, you know, when we first started seeing like some of these images, I'm like, wow, this is, this is different. You know um, I love that. Thank you so much yeah. for sharing that aspect. You bet. You bet. Well, when you think about it, um, you know, if the government is in cooperation with aliens, we'll say, which I claim to be fallen entities. Um, and and I believe they are. And I do believe there's truth to the whole Eisenhower 1954 thing and 
you know, the grays and abductions. But it, if it's if they were keeping it so secretive because they feared how the public would react to it, uh, to the truth, then when you think about it, everything about that would shift the paradigm of the entire world. Every religion would have to re-examine because if if they're thinking if it's going to be presented as we're actually a- aliens from another planet light years away, uh, then it brings into question the reality of God and and angels and Jesus Christ and the Bible. And is any of that even true? And so it would shake the foundations. And I think that's what's coming. So I can see why they would have wanted to keep that secret, although I believe it's more for a nefarious purpose than actual protection of of the people. But when you think about it, if we don't address these things and look for a Bible answer, then the deception is going to turn many people away from all their faiths. And uh, in my opinion, if we trace the history of scriptures and see the parallels, then we're going to realize, oh, they're not aliens at all. They're really the fallen angels and completing their role to fulfill uh, what I say and what many like L.A. Marzulli say is the the pivotal verse of scripture, which is Genesis 3.15. After the sin in the Garden of Eden and and he cursed the serpent, he said, I'll put enmity between thee and the woman and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. And we believe that's a first prophecy of the coming of Jesus Christ, who would be the seed of the woman. And I can get into that later if you want to. But the thing that should stand out to people is the seed of the serpent. How does the serpent have a seed? If he is Lucifer, if he's Satan, the fallen angel, how does he have a seed? And that brings us all the way to the whole thing about the Nephilim in Genesis 6. And the corruption of the bloodline of mankind. So Christianity teaches, you know, the little kid version of Noah and the ark. People got bad, so God saved Noah and two of every kind of animal. And they gloss over the whole idea that what caused that bad wasn't just that men are wicked, because men are wicked now, you know. It's that they uh, they were uh, genetically manipulated by the fallen angels. They, they bred giants, hybrid human angel beings that were the giants, and they corrupted the bloodline of man. They were trying to prevent the seed of the woman from ever being born to crush the head of the serpent. And so it all hinges upon Jesus Christ. That's the first mention of him. Fascinating, because we start thinking about bloodlines, you know, and if if for folks that, you know, get really deep into things, you know, we start thinking about some of these, these ancient older bloodlines that mm-hmm. somehow seemingly stay in power, seemingly continue on yeah. and control history and control yeah. narratives and, and, and are mostly notable for world domination. So there's always this, you know, there's, there's a lot of theories that, you know, propose that there are, again, these fallen angels that have now come, you know, laid with women and then created a whole new species, a whole new, but again, very similar to what we are, you know, bipedal and just very humanistic in in a lot of ways. And that it is truly, you know, in a lot of theories, a battle for the human soul. It it really is. And, and to me, to be honest with you, I think it's the reason the battle is for the human soul is because the battle has been since the beginning, before man was even made, between the adversary, Shaitan, the devil, and Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And so the two warring factions have been going on. You know, in the Bible, continually, God is called the Lord of hosts, the Lord of hosts. And that maybe it's different in other versions. I use a King James, so that's that's an older word, but it means armies, mm. the Lord of armies. So when you think about that, why would God be the Lord of armies? Well, because they've been fighting for a long time. I'm talking millennia uh, before mankind was even created and possibly millions of years. I don't know, because before time started, you know, God, he's eternal. So time doesn't matter to him. You know, he's outside of time. He created time for the creation. So when you think about that battle, then it's been this. It's it's a battle of Satan trying to prove that he has the right to be God. And when God replaced him, and this is the, the funny, um, the irony of God to me is Lucifer is described in the Bible as the sum of wisdom. 
perfect in beauty. Every precious stone was his covering. And he was a musician too, by the way. <laughs> the, the tabrets and pipes were built into him. And so he seems to be something of like a high priest worship leader. He appears in that form, at least in the Bible. He, he seems to have that, that position. And he rebels. So God says, all right, I'm going to take some dirt. <laughs> I'm going to take the dust of the earth. And I'm going to make a man out of that dust. And I'm going to give him your reign, your crown. And think of the irony there when he's, I made you perfect. I made you with every advantage and you turned against me. I can do better with dirt than I did with you. And so he gives man dominion of the earth, you know, <clears throat> which is why uh, it, it's a battle for the human soul. But it's also a battle for the, the title of the earth mm. because God gave man dominion of the earth. <clears throat> Excuse me. And Psalm 115, 16 says so. Excuse me. So that dominion has not been relinquished. You know, it is uh, people think, well, when Adam sinned, he gave control of the earth to the devil. No, the, the, the legal title is still mankind's, but Satan wants it. And the only way he can get it is through his human proxies. So this is a long way back around to your question about the bloodlines. I do believe that the governing, ruling, satanic global elites trace their bloodlines back to those who had the ancient mystery knowledge of the fallen angels, which is what man's always working toward back to get, working towards getting that knowledge. Why are they exchanging with aliens in exchange for technology? You can do these abductions. You can do your reproductive experiments to create your hybrids again, like you did in Genesis 6, in order that you give us some of the technology. And, and that's what's happening here. So the ruling factions, ultimately what they want is through technology to develop eternal life without God. And that's what AI is all about. These, these uh, billionaire oligarchs want to live forever through technology and uh, um, uh, by whatever it's called, uh, by, not biometrics, or maybe that is the word, nano nanotechnology and things like that. They truly believe, even Kurzweil, the guy that you know invented the, the Kurzweil uh, keyboard, uh, he thinks that we're going to be able to live forever through nanotechnology. So it's all about uh, um, genetic manipulation and transhumanism. So interesting. Yeah. Because it can go in so many different directions here, but that, you know, that can be for a lot of individuals, you know, based on, you know, what we've seen in, in a lot of different theories that have been, I guess, most prevalent for quite some time now. It, it brings me to, to think and, and at least to feel like, if we get to this point where, you know, like you said, you know, it's if, if we, we're thinking about bloodlines and it's an eradication of maybe a, you know, if, if we're talking in, you know, about good versus evil, right? If we're mm -hmm. talking about like the human element of things, you know, is it the eradication of that human element to just get rid of mm -hmm. and, and eliminate so that it is, nope, see, we could do it without you. And we yeah. still reign supreme. Um, is that what we're seeing, in your opinion? I think it is. And I'll add to that, JC, that so if the original prophecy of the seed of the woman would bruise the head of the serpent, which would he knows he's going to be defeated. So he tried to prevent Christ from being born, and he did it through the insurgency in, in Genesis 6. Um, there was another one after the flood because there were giants in the land of Canaan. Most people think of Goliath and Og of right. and whatnot. And they, and they tried to uh, uh, corrupt the bloodline again and have the, the children of Israel mix with them. It didn't work. So God always outsmarted the devil. Ultimately, Jesus Christ was born, even had to try to get him killed through Herod, the babe. And that's why Joseph and Mary had to flee into Egypt. Uh, always trying to destroy him before he can accomplish what was prophesied, that he would bruise the head of the serpent. So he lost that battle, and he, and he had no idea that through Jesus Christ's death, burial, and resurrection, that he would bring redemption to mankind, right? He thought by defeating him, by killing him, he would defeat the Son of God. He was, he was in the form of a man now, so he's vulnerable. He can die, right? So in his mind, he was thinking he won. Well, God flipped the tables on him. 
So now that battle has been lost. He knows ultimately he has to confront the Son of God and, and in a final battle. So the Bible says in Revelation 12 that a third of the angels joined the dragon, the serpent, in this rebellion. Well, so he knows he's outnumbered two to one. L.A. Marzulli, again, I'm going to give him credit for that. And uh, and uh, he is going to, unless he's uh, somehow finding a way to outnumber that, he knows he's going to be defeated. So what's he doing now? Well, I think the uh, abduction program is probably twofold. One, in a sense, I think he's looking for that perfect genetic specimen of a woman that could be the mother of the seed of the serpent to produce the Antichrist. Now, that may have already happened. We don't know because we don't know who that person is until he's revealed. But that's one. And so there's kind of like, um, I, I kind of jokingly refer to it as the people that look to Israel and fulfillment of prophecy and, and the rebuilding of the temple and things like that you've heard of. Uh, there's usually reference to finding the red heifer, finding the red heifer, you know, that's that's needed to find a pure red heifer so that the, the original sacrifices to dedicate the temple can be done. And once they find it, then they can build the temple. At least that's what's alleged. So the devil's looking for his red heifer. <laughs> you know, I believe we're so far down the line from the genetic purity of the human beings in Genesis 6 that we're we're devolved to maybe it's not genetically feasible for a fallen angel to uh, consummate or to, to uh, procreate with a human woman uh, unless there's a special one found and maybe something to do with those bloodlines again that we were talking about earlier. But that's one thing that's, in my opinion, could be. And then the other is back to what L.A. mentions. He needs a Nephilim army because humanity is not going to be powerful enough to fight. Uh, the angels of God. And I think that uh, he wants the technology that or he's developing the advanced technology for weapons. Uh, and he wants um, uh, hybrid angel, fallen angel, human hybrids to make up the army, which ultimately I think is what the mark of the beast is all about. It's going to give people this supposed eternal life. They're going to be like gods. They're going to be like the, the Nephilim in the past. And so um, he's trying to see if he can possibly defeat the Lord. And he believes he can. That's the irony of it. He, he thinks he can. Man, you brought up earlier too, uh, you know, going back even, you know, <laughs> how far this goes back that these battles have been occurring, right? How yeah. long there's been this warring between, you know, yeah. you know, Satan and, and God and, and all of these different things. You know, we can go back and we think about like even some some stories through antiquity, like, you know, we find in Gilgamesh, there's that, you know, story of the deluge as well, too, there where there was exactly. a great flood. And so could it be possible that these things have been occurring and that this battle has just been happening because to the other point you brought up, could it be? And this is just speculation or theorizing, I guess, for conjecture's purpose. Mm -hmm. Could it be that 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 soul or that energy or however we can describe it that's coming from source from the Most High mm -hmm. that came in form of what we know as the messianic figure as Jesus Christ? Is it to protect that so that it can be in a physical form in this reality in the space and time? Because maybe those are the rules. Maybe that's what they have to do to be able on earth here, as it is in heaven, to be able to to be able to defeat those evil powers. I don't know. I'm just curious what your thoughts are on that. Yeah, it's interesting that you say that. Like I, I'm gonna use the phrase you use, those are the rules. I like that the way you put that, because I do believe that they they are bound by certain rules that they can't trans and by they i mean the fallen angels so for example just as we are bound by the laws of physics you know and and they are too by the way we we use the word supernatural but in reality it's natural to them it's natural to god it's natural to the angels we just don't see that realm yet but they're as much a part of creation as we are in fact i i think that we're their their younger brethren you know, we we are the latest in in the in the scheme of things, but they've been around a long time, and so um, they are very much 
they are the sons of God. These angelic beings were created by God and they're called Benai Elohim, the sons of God. The, even the ones that fell, they're still going to be damned and, and defeated, but they're, they were still created by God. We, uh, Adam was called the son of God in the book of Luke when they read the genealogy or Matthew, whichever one it was. I think it's Luke. And, um, and yet through the fall, we become separated from God. So through Jesus Christ and his redemptive work at the cross, we become children of God again by adoption. So think about rules. Well, we, we have these rules we have to play by. So God is legal. He does everything in a legal way. When you think of the example of Job, you know, here he was a righteous man. The devil says, yeah, I've seen him. You got a hedge around him. Get, let me at him and I'll show you. He'll curse you to your face. And God says, you can do this, but no further. Setting boundaries, right? So he was allowed to do so much, then allowed to do a little more, but he couldn't kill him. So the idea is the fallen entities, even though there's this proxy war going on, they are bound by the rules that God has set forth. We don't necessarily know or understand them all, but if it has to be true, otherwise they would have just come in and taken over. They have superior technology. They could destroy mankind if they wanted to. So either the angels of God prevent them from doing so, or the very power of God prevents them from doing so, but whatever it is. So when you talk about uh, they play by the rules. Yes, they they have rules they have to follow. Ultimately, I think what we have to realize is that, you know, a lot of even Christianity does this. They want to sort of turn the idea and concept of God, angels, heaven, and the spiritual realm as this sort of ethereal, nebulous, ghost-like thing, you know, and that's not true. Uh, it's as physical as we are. Different dimension, if you want, call it what you will, but just as physical. When Jesus Christ rose from the dead, uh, he was flesh and bone. He ate with the disciples. They gave him broiled fish and a honeycomb. Remember, Thomas stuck his hand in the nail prints, right? He said, touch me, handle me. He was physical. So were the angels in the past that ever appeared to men. They would you know, uh, they sat down and ate with Abraham in his tent. Uh, the angels uh, in Sodom and Gomorrah dragged Lot kicking and screaming with his family out of Sodom. You know, I mean, they are very much physical thing. And when you think about the manna that fell from heaven to feed the children of Israel in the wilderness. In the book of Psalms, it's called angels food. Well, then angels eat. And they grow, I mean, it's it's a grain, so they grow things. I mean, it's, a, again, Timothy talked about this at BlurryCon, Timothy Alberino. So I think uh, when, when we put it all together, we've, we've allowed uh, orthodoxy to spiritualize so much of the Bible. But the kingdom of heaven is on the earth. And ultimately, eternity is heaven and earth brought back together again. And it's physical and it's real. And we, in resurrected bodies in eternity, are going to eat drink, laugh, love, embrace, discover, play guitar, uh, you know, uh, explore planets, travel, uh, and, and rejoice in God's mercy and grace. It's very real. It's very physical, you know. So I think it's not just souls of men. It's not just a spiritual thing. It's it, They want real estate, these fallen angels. They want, and this is why I say they work through their human proxies, the satanic global elite, to, and that's what's currently happening right now is uh, buying up all the real estate so that so you know the 1% has it because these 1% are vying to be one of the 10 kings mm. that the Antichrist gives his authority to, you know. And so maybe that's why there's so many different agendas working and yeah. fighting each faction in that in that realm of things so that yeah. they can be the one. Yes. I, and actually, you know, there's a fascinating book called uh, Storm on the Horizon by Sylvia McKelvey, who's uh, been a guest on our show a few times. And she's just a remarkable lady in California that is a MUFON researcher. And uh, she has an idea that she's presents, you know, humanity fights with each other. Why wouldn't the fallen angels do the same? Why couldn't there be warring factions there right. vying for control, vying to be second in command, you know? <laughs> right. Is 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 jealousy and pride and ego just a human thing? I right. mean, it, 
And we know from, it's not, right? If it came from the angels themselves. Bingo. <laughs> so clearly it's plausible that yeah. these entities, these beings, these fallen angels would have absolutely the same, if not more, you know, if they're so high and mighty and elite and better than humans, why wouldn't they feel these same feelings, these same ideas yeah. and these same thoughts? Exactly. In the same way that you, you would think about, you know, when you, when you apply for a job, you know, you want the job. So you put your best face forward in the interview and hope that you beat out the next candidate. Right. Well, in a sense, maybe uh, maybe there are different entity species, if you will, Nordics, greys, reptilians, whatever, hmm. all actually fallen entities or some possibly biological um, containers for the disembodied spirits of Nephilim, if you will. Mm. Okay. Because uh, ultimately what we um, have to conclude, uh, the Bible isn't specific about this, but the book of Enoch, which is historically significant. You're in my mind right yeah. now. Oh <laughs> gosh, Scott. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's the only historical reverence that I know of where it actually says the origin of demons or unclean spirits are the disembodied spirits of the giants that were killed in the flood. So it would seem to match what scripture says because it doesn't introduce you. Oh, by the way, the demons came from here. Nothing in the in the canon of scripture says that where they came from, but they clearly were uh, apparent, especially in the time of Jesus Christ. In fact, in his earthly ministry, there seemed to be a proliferation of demonic possession. I believe there's we're seeing that rise again and the proliferation because he's about to return. And I believe all of Congress is demon possessed, you know, and most of the other governments of the world. So it, it would be no surprise that they would start with the leaders again, back to royal bloodlines, you know. So <laughs> so anyway, I say all that simply to say that um, they're actively working and whether they're actually possessing human beings, creating uh, container-like vessels to uh, 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 for a spirit to embody, maybe like a gray or something, uh, they're all working towards some agenda. And maybe each is saying, here's our idea for how you can defeat Jesus, Satan. Pick our plan. No, pick my plan. No, pick my plan. I've got this army of hybrids. Oh, we've no, we're already reptilians. We can we can fight them. You know, maybe there's all this kind of a infighting that's going on to see whose idea is going to be accepted and mm. uh, gets the job. <laughs> right. It, seemingly seeking that glory, uh, mm -hmm. seeking that you know, hey, look at me. Like I, you know, I I can definitely get on board with that. Uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, because. You know, when you start thinking about like all these different programs and these different agendas and different sects in the government, I mean, I, you know, I, I, it's funny. I, I can reflect, not funny in a humorous way, but I can, mm -hmm. I remember, you know, in my late teens, early 20s, I think maybe when I, when I first, you know, found out about like, you know, Nazis coming into our own government and working for our government, and then Project us just paperclip. right yeah. project project paperclip, and just picking yeah. their brains and letting them just take take over, and just I remember being in awe of the fact that we would allow people who practice this barbarism that hurt humans and and, and would experiment on humans. Why on earth? Would anyone with any kind of love in their heart want to work with an individual like that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, and it's evil is the yeah. answer. But I'm so glad you brought that up, JC, because if you think about it, you've probably explored this on your show. So I, I hope I'm not being repetitive here. But you mentioned um, Operation Paperclip. And, and you know, if you studied that, that after the defeat of Germany in World War II, when the Allies got in there and saw the level of technological achievements that the Nazis had, the, the, the papers were so complex that they needed the German scientists that actually worked on these projects to explain and interpret it. So I contend that something was going on there, that the same entities uh, of um, what we would call aliens were in cahoots with the Nazis, giving them this technology because Hitler was steeped in the occult and Eastern mysticism. And uh, even the swastika is an ancient Hindu symbol, right? So all of that was tied to his belief in the occult. And I think they were uh, these were uh, spiritual entities working with them. So isn't it ironic that at, 
after the defeat of Hitler in World War II, we we use this brain drain to get their technology over here. And the next thing you know, a UFO crash lands in Roswell, New Mexico in 1947, taken to Wright-Patterson, reverse engineered. And I think the same thing happened. I believe America somehow said, the, the, the dark government, the powers that be, said, hey, we'll work a deal with you like the Nazis did. You give us technology, we'll give you humans to experiment on. And instead of Joseph Mengele doing the horrid atrocities, it's the Greys doing the horrid atrocities and creating these things. So I think there's a connection there. Glad you bring that up as well, too, because... You know, it's hard for folks who, you know, maybe have gotten this deep, you know, maybe really look into it and, and start theorizing maybe or even just looking at some of the facts as well, too. And like, you know, again, it's so people are so quick to say, well, it's a conspiracy theory. Well, I mean, yeah, sure. Conspiracy theories are conspiracies until they're proven th- true exactly. to be truth. You know, <laughs> I mean, we're talking about a government that experimented on its own citizens by dosing them. I mean, so. Yes. <laughs> I mean, come on. So it's and all it's, the MK Ultra projects with the Canadian orphanages and things. I mean, it's it's horrid. It, it's, yeah. it goes it goes so deep down the rabbit hole that if you don't have the consolation of the word of God, it would drive you mad. Sorry to interrupt. No, no, gosh, no. This is oh gosh, this is free flow. This is conversation, it's conjecture, it's everything. So no yeah. worries at all. This is what it's about. It's I you know, I, I you know, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about losing sleep some nights you know staying up and just like letting this affect me and thinking about it because you know gosh like the evil that men do you know Mm -hmm. that you know that humans do but it's just what how we can align ourselves as consumers Mm -hmm. as as individuals with things that have been proven like there's Mm -hmm actual evidence physical evidence of different you know bodies of government or entities or corporations and things that do things that a lot of people would label as i I won't even say evil just bad and and inhumane yeah you know it's it's gonna have to start with those who um believe in god and who believe that he sent his son to be the redemption the redeemer for mankind, because ultimately, if if we can't, you know, you use the word conjecture, which is true. We are speculating based on what we can see from the evidence, but I'm always going to try my best to go to the Bible to see if I can prove anything. So that, for me, proves a conspiracy. You know, if the Bible says this happened in the past, the book of Ecclesiastes says there's no new thing under the sun. That which has been shall be before when you put it all together. And then Paul writes in Ephesians 6, we wrestle not with flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. We either have to dismiss that as a bunch of just jabberwocky or it's actually true. And therefore, uh, we have to start realizing. And by the way, I, I should say this to all your listeners, but but really to you personally, JC, that as you begin to expose the conspiracies and they prove themselves to be real and true, you are putting a target on your back. And I'm not talking about just the, the NSA and the CIA and the FBI. I'm talking about these minions, these satanic entities. And I cannot stress enough how important it is that if you're going to engage in this battle of the spiritual warfare, that you pray for God's protection, covering, provision, but you know, the armor of God. Because I can tell you, even today, I almost couldn't do this uh, interview with you. Uh, and it's interesting, too, because something happened. I'm not going to get into it. It's it's a kind of a private family matter. But something happened that um, actually caused me to write an email back to George to tell him there's a family emergency. I'm not going to be able to do this interview. And the email did not go out. It never left. And I went back to say, oh, I, I thought I hit send. And I went back to find it and I couldn't find the email at all. Anywhere, no sent, no draft, nothing, you know. And I know a little bit about email, you know, <laughs> working in technology. So I, I'm like, what the, and I say, okay, God wants me to do this no matter what. 
And so therefore, it's just amazing to me how the Lord will cover you and protect you and give you the grace to do what he needs you to do in spite of the circumstances. And so I say all that because I think it's going to begin with with the saints. It's going to begin with the, the soldiers that are going to get out there and uh, and arm up and pray and try to use uh, as best we can the truth of Scripture to convince the world, which is kind of the whole premise behind Bible Mysteries, because if Somebody that's maybe not a practicing Christian or never really gave much regard to the word of God. Here's something like there were giants. <laughs> there were angels that copulated with human women. That's in the Bible. And they go back and they see it's true. Then they might, we're hoping they'll go, well, maybe there's some other stuff in here that's true. And that ultimately point them to the seed of the woman because that seed versus serpent war, that is ultimately what's going on all around us. And it's what the systems of the world are trying to hide from humanity. They don't want you to know there's an actual spiritual intergalactic battle going on. <laughs> so, you know. Scott, I love it. And and I, gosh, I, I hope everything works out well for, you know, the family matter that had occurred. Um, and, and honestly, it. full disclosure, you know, George had sent me a text message and uh, he's like, hey, you know, I haven't heard back from Scott legit that's the text i got I haven't heard back from scott you know just, i hope everything's gonna go well you know when you guys get together tonight you know if not i'll keep posted and there was just this thing that i felt i was like literally i was like nah it's gonna be good it's gonna be fine and it's interesting because you know knowing what we talked about right right before we hopped on you know um some of the similarities that we share um yeah. you know it was just like this thing there was like this instant connection and so there was a reason i feel there was a reason for this conversation and for us to meet uh, i i wholeheartedly agree with that like i said it, it was one of those things where at the moment that i found out this information and by the way i, I had already replied earlier and I think George had written me to say, hey, um, are we good to go? Oh, looking forward to it. Excited about it. And then uh, and then this event happened. And I literally remember composing an email today on my phone saying, uh, George, because yeah, George is your producer, right? And I said, yes. George, um, uh, I woke up today excited and ready to do this interview. And this thing happened. Is there any way we can postpone it? And it never left it, it, it's gone. It's in the other, you know, and at the moment in, in the in the heat of the battle, so to speak, I'm thinking there's no way we're going to get through this to do this interview. Well, it worked out. And and I ended up here, you know, and it, but it, so I went to say, well, I, I guess I don't have to do that interview today. Let me go make sure that George got my email. And and it was 430. He says, we still offer tonight. And I went, Where's that email? And I'm looking for it. Gone. Nowhere. And I said, I know I didn't dream it. <laughs> But then I thought, well, that's good because I can do this now. I, I'm, I think we're okay. We're 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 at a place where things have settled down, and we can we can manage. That. And I wouldn't have thought that was going to happen at eleven o'clock this morning, you know. So wow. Anyway, that just shows you God's provision, and it's it's amazing how He does that all the time. Like I've actually had guests on the show come on, and I've been reaching out, reaching out, could never reach them, and I'm kind of feeling sorry for myself. Like I wonder why it's just not getting through, and then in my job that individual calls in with an issue on their computer and they're actually my customer in the overlay. And I'm like, I know who this is. This is, you know, and I, and I help them solve their computer problem. And I say, by the way, <laughs> I have a podcast. Would you mind being on my show? Oh, we'd love to be on your show. Thanks for helping me. You know? So it's just weird how the Lord will open those doors when you won't, won't even expect it. You know, <laughs> it's fantastic. Oh, yeah. well, I love this. This has been fantastic. Um, so I know you've you're working on a book. Am mm -hmm. I correct? You're still working on the book. I um, am. Awesome. Yeah. Any it's idea? not out yet. Yeah. I wish I could give you a day. I every time I think I'm almost done, <laughs> I learn more stuff, and I'm like, I can't leave it there. And mm -hmm. so, and and plus the 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 podcast itself became uh, more maintenance than uh, I had time to do mm -hmm. with my job. So I had to cut something back. And so for now, I put the book slightly on hold, um, but I've I've really prayed about this and I've decided, you know what? It doesn't have to be a Gary Wayne tome of the Genesis 6 conspiracy. He's just this phenomenal researcher that his book is a reference book. It's not just a sit down and read. It's right. so filled. 
And so, you know, you don't have to compete with this guy or Ryan Peterson, who wrote The Judgment of the Nephilim, just so meticulously notated. And he's just like my hero, my dear friend and brother. Uh, but, um, you know, you can write a book and it doesn't have to be, you know, extremely overly, you know, technical or anything like that. So my wife is encouraging me to just, why don't you just, and you could break it into one or two if you have to, or two or three. So I, I am going to get back on that. My prayer is that I can get back into it this summer and finish it up. I'm I'm like that close, but that close could be a mile away <laughs> if you're if you're writing, you know. Yeah. So, so oh. it's got the working title is the world that was, and it's much of what we've discussed here tonight. Love it. Well, I sincerely am looking forward to it. Uh, I'm I'm excited because I love the work you're doing, and uh, you. it's, I think it'll be fantastic when it does come out. But it's going to come out when it's time. Yeah. I so. know. I, <laughs> That's right. I can align with that, you know, because just <laughs> you know, so many different things can happen. But when it comes out, it's the right time. Amen. I believe it will. <laughs> and so, where can folks find you on the internet? Yeah. So, BibleMysteriesPodcast.com is our main website. Uh, our our podcast is free, but we do have a premium subscription for those that want the bonus content. And our bonus content includes a lot of cool stuff. Like um, when we do guest interviews, you get to hear the entire interview, maybe not just a portion. Uh, we have a, uh, a members area on the website where you can become what we call our seekers. And we have like a, a newsletter, a monthly newsletter. We do we do um, some special video content in the newsletter. We have a forum where we can chat. It's kind of like a, 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 a almost like a Slack type forum. We used to be on Slack, but now you can join and, and do that. And then um, the um, UTB now is my other ministry. That's a little bit more pastoral and it's more focused on uh, traditional Bible messages, but we don't ignore and avoid the, the controversial subjects. We just focus more on how do you, now that we know this is going on, how do we cope with this? Mm. <laughs> you know, so I'd say it's a, it's an edifying arm of what we do. Right on. I yeah. think that's, that's fantastic. You know, and, especially, and we're on all the social media platforms, excuse me. Uh, to, yeah, to no, so, you know, you on uh, Instagram, where, where can folks find you on Instagram? Uh, it's Bible mysteries on Instagram. It's, uh, it's Bible M Y S on Twitter. Uh, the mystery was taken. So we had to go with Bible miss podcast mm. and uh, we're on Facebook, Bible mysteries, YouTube, Bible mysteries channel. And and incidentally, the YouTube will have the channel will have both our podcast videos and our uh, uh, Sunday morning message videos too, which is called Unlock the Bible Now. And so you can kind of see them all there. We um, we find a lot of people don't really realize that a podcast is audio. So I'm from South Louisiana. We call our videos lanyap. which means a little something extra, you know, it's like a baker's dozen, right? So, um, you know, because who needs to see this face in video where I've got the perfect face for a podcast, but not for video. So what we do is we, um, we provide that as like an extra thing to encourage people to listen to the podcast. Well, that's fantastic. And, you know, we always put the, you know, in the description below, we always put the links. So uh, we'll be sure to put all your links right down below. So folks can, you know, find you if they haven't discovered you yet. So uh, definitely implore people to check it out. Yeah. And if they want to write me, unlock the Bible now at gmail.com, you know, um, I'll get to you as quick as I can. We, we filled a lot of emails and, and it seems to explode anytime I was just on uh, coast to coast again, not uh, two, three weeks ago. And uh, it it seems to explode uh, after George is the most gracious host. Oh. George George Nuri. Uh, George is he, awesome. He is such a phenomenal person, and he just lets me like you've done tonight, JC, ramble incoherently. But he uh, he really is such a a a, a good host and a good uh, person to, to uh, interview. So uh, and and when he does that, of course, his audience always uh, chimes in, and um, he's got some great people. So. I, I've been listening to Coast to Coast since I was probably 20 years old. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, me too. It's been it's been a long, long time been listening yeah. to that show and just <laughs> I gotta, you know, you gotta love it. It's just fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it really is. And he and he, you know, while he and many others are in that uh arm of you know, the the it's not angels, it's aliens, he lets me give the counter. Uh, argument to that. No, they're they're angels. <laughs> they're going to claim to be aliens. And he's very, very understanding of it. He's very receptive to it. So it's it's just a really great platform. And your show too. My gosh, I'm, I'm so honored that you would even reach out to me to be here. 
uh, in the deep is doing some of the same work and we appreciate you guys. Oh, well, it's honor. It's sincerely, it's, it's, it's us. It's our honor to like have you here. Like, it's just, we, yeah. we enjoy what you're doing and what you're contributing. You. And uh, it's just, so thank you for taking the time and, you know, making the time. I'm, I'm glad it worked out today. Absolutely. I am too. I, I praise God it did. And uh, I'll keep you, keep you all and your, your people in prayer, because as y'all dig deeper into the rabbit hole, you, you become um, a, a target. So uh, yeah, arm up. And there you have it. I can't thank Scott enough for all of his time and his energy. You can find the Bible Mysteries podcast on Instagram at Bible Mysteries. And be sure to check out BibleMysteriesPodcast.com. If you're listening to the podcast, we can't thank you enough. Again, we're still a new podcast. So by you sharing this podcast is a huge help to us. Take a moment and rate it. Again, that's going to help us reach more people. And if you're watching the podcast, we hope you subscribe to the channel. So if you're not, hit that subscribe button and the notification bell so you can find out about our new bi-weekly episodes that are coming out. Let us know what you think about this episode, or maybe you've got some insight. Share it down below and let us know. This is a community and we want you to share some ideas. Until next time, take care of one another and keep thinking for yourself.